0: Section 10 of The Curious Book of Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. K. Recording by Anastasia Saloha The Curious Book of Birds by A. B. Farwell Brown the masquerading crow the crow became very sour and disagreeable after his friend the peacock's cousin deserted him for more gorgeous company though he pretended not to care because the pheasant was now a proud beautiful-coated dandy while he was the shabbiest of all the birds in his coat of rusty black yet in truth he did care very much he could not forget how the peacock's cousin had dyed him in this sober hue after promising to paint him bright and wonderful like himself he could not help thinking how fine he would have looked in similar plumage of a rainbow tit or how becoming a long swallow tail would be to his style of beauty he wished that there was a tailor in a birdland to whom he could go for a new suit of clothes but alas there seemed no way but for him to remain ugly old crow to the end of the chapter the crow went moping about most unhappily while this was preying on his mind until he really became somewhat crazy upon the subject the only thing about which he could think was clothes, clothes, clothes. And that is indeed a foolish matter to absorb one's mind. One word of the peacock's cousin remained in his memory and refused to be forgotten. He had advised the crow to gather up the feathers which had fallen from the peacock's plumage and to make himself fine with them. First the crow remembered these words sadly, because they showed the unkind heart of his old friend. Next he remembered them with scorn, because they showed vanity. Then he remembered them with interest, because they gave him an idea. And that idea gradually grew bigger and bigger until it became a plan. The plan came to him completely one day while he was sitting moodily on a tree watching the peacock and his cousin sweeping proudly over the velvet lawn of the king's garden. For nowadays the pheasant moved in the most courtly circles as he had promised himself as they passed under the crow two beautiful feathers fell behind them and lay on the grass shining in the sunlight with a hundred colors once more the cast of plumage of the peacock family is left for me croaked the crow to himself am i only to be made beautiful by borrowing from others perhaps i might collect feathers enough from all the birds to conceal my inky coat aha i have it and this was the plan of the crow he would steal from every dweller in the birdland a feather and see whether he could make himself more beautiful than the peacock's cousin himself now the crow was a skilful thief. He could steal the silver of the king's table from under the steward's very nose. He could steal a maid's thimble from her finger as she nodded sleepily over her work. He could steal the pen from behind a scribe's ear as he paused to stretch his head and think over the spelling of a word. So the crow felt sure that he could steal their feathers from the birds without any trouble. When the peacock and his cousin had passed by, the crow swooped down and carried off the two feathers which were to begin his collection. He hid them in his treasure-house in the hollow tree and started out for more it was great fun for the crow and he almost forgot to be miserable he followed old lady ostrich about for some time before he dared twig a handful of feathers from her tail but finally he succeeded and though she squawked horribly and turned quick as a flash she was not quick enough to catch the nimble thief who was already hidden under a bush In the same way, he secured some lovely plumes from the bird of paradise, the parrot and the cock. He robbed the red breast of his ruddy vest, the hoopoe of his crown, and he secured a swallow tail, which he had long coveted. He took some rosy redness from the flamingo, the gilding of the goldfinch, the grey down of an inda duck. He burgled the blue bird and the red bird and the yellow bird, and not one single feathered creature escaped his clever beak. At last his hole in the tree was brimming with feathers of every colour, length and degree of softness, a gorgeous feather bed on which it would dazzle one to sleep then the crow set to walk to make himself a coat of many colors like joseph's he was a very clever bird and a wondrous coat it turned out to be it had no particular cut nor style it was not like the coat which any bird had ever before worn the feathers were placed in any fashion that happened to please his original fancy some pointed up and some down some were straight and some were curled some drooped about his feet and others curved gracefully over his head some trailed far behind he was completely covered from top to toe so that not one blot of his own inky feathers showed through the gorgeousness a red vest he wore and a swallow tail, of course, and there was a crown of feathers on his head. Never was there seen a more extraordinary bird, nor one more gaudy. Perhaps he was not in the best of taste, but at least he was striking. When all was finished, the crow went and looked at himself in the fountain mirror. And he was much pleased. Well now, he cried, how am I for a bird? I believe no one will know me, and that is just as well. For now, I am so fine that I shall myself refuse to know anyone. Ho! This ought to give some ideas to that conceited peacock family. I am a self-made man. I am an artist who knows how to adapt his materials. I am a genius. King Solomon himself will wonder at my glory. And as for the eagle, king of the birds, he will grow pale with envy. King of the birds, indeed. It is now I who should rightfully be king. No other ever wore clothes so fine as mine by right of them i ought to be king of the birds i will be king of the birds you see the poor old crow was quite crazy with his one idea forth he stalked into birdland to show his gorgeous plumage and to get himself elected king of the birds the first persons he met were peacock and his cousin he who was once the crow's best friend the crow ruffled himself his prettiest when he saw them coming good gracious who is that extraordinarily foul drawled the peacock he must be some great noble from a far country how beautiful murmured his silly cousin how odd how fascinating how distinguished i wish the crow had painted me like that the crow heard these words and swelled with pride casting a scornful glance at his old friend as he swept by next he met a little sparrow who was picking bugs from the grass out of my way birding Cried the crow haughtily, "I am the king." The king gasped. The sparrow, nearly choking over a fat bug, he was so surprised. I did not know that the king was such a robe. How gorgeous! But how queer! Next, the crow met Mr. Stock. Standing gravely on one leg and thinking of the little baby which he was going to bring that night to the cottage by the lake. The stock looked up in surprise as a wonderful stranger approached. Bless me, he exclaimed, Whom have we here? I thought I knew all Birdwand, but I never before saw such a freak as this. I am the king, I am to be the new king, announced the crow is there any bird more gorgeous than i truly i hope not said the stork gravely yet the woodcock is a very foolish bird one never knows what he will do next if he should try to be fashionable but the crow had passed on without listening to the stork's sarcasm as he went through birdland he drew behind him a following of feathered citizens chattering screaming teetering all together like the crowd after a circus procession all the birds big and little plain and pretty flocked to see this wonderful stranger who because of his fine clothes was coming to have himself named king some of them thought him truly beautiful some thought him ridiculous some envied him some jeered but they all stared and the more they stared the more conceited became the crow the more sure that the kingdom was to be his at last they came into the presence of the eagle himself that royal bird was perched upon his airy far up on the cliff Below him gathered the dense flock of birds waiting to see what would happen when the crow demanded to be made king in the eagle's place. The eagle had been warned of the matter by the little humming-bird and was looking very majestic and scornful. But the swallow flew round and round in great circles twittering excitedly and in each circle sweeping nearer and nearer to the ground the swallow was angry because someone had stolen his beautiful swallow tail presently the crow swaggered forth and cocking his impertinent eye toward the eagle he croaked, hello there old high perch give me your crown and sceptre for i'm king of the birds not you look at my gorgeous clothes look at your own dull plumage am i not kingly look at me the king made no reply merely gazing sternly at the crow but the swallow took up the word look at him look at him indeed o king he screamed there is something strange about this kingly plumage. The swallow tail is mine, I know it. And with a vicious twig, the swallow pulled out the long forked feathers of which the crow was especially proud. Oh, what a shriek of rage the mad old bird gave! At that moment, the hoopoe came up and said, "Ha, methinks I do recognize my property this is my crown and forthwith he snatched the plumes from the crown's forehead leaving it quite ugly and bare next the gentle redbreast claimed his vest and the bluebird her azure feathers and the ostrich her train, which she had sorely missed each of the birds in turn, came up and with much chattering and scolding twitched away the property of which he or she had been robbed until the crowd stood before them in his customary suit of solemn black a bird ashamed and sore for they had pecked him with their bills and beaten him with their wings and scratched him with their clothes until even his own plain old coat was frayed and rent. Oh, 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 it is only old daddy Crow after all screamed the birds in chorus. And then, because the eagle burst out laughing, they saw that it was really funny. Since the king did not mind being robbed for a time of his title, Surely they did not mourn over the few feathers which the thief had borrowed, especially since each now had his own. Chattering with glee, they all flew home to their various nests, leaving the crow alone with his shame and soreness. Just at this moment the peacock and his cousin came hurrying up out of breath. Oh, what is it? What is the matter? what was all that noise just now asked the peacock oh what has become to that beautiful noble splendid remarkable graceful gorgeous stylish long-tailed kingly stranger questioned the peacock's cousin speaking affably to the crow for the first time since his adoption into high society the crow looked at him sideways, and all his madness went away as he saw how very, very silly this creature was. He was a fool in fool's feathers, he croaked, He is no more. But before the end he bade me return this to you, saying, fine feathers, do not make fine birds. Speaking thus he presented to the pair the two long feathers with which he had started his collection and which were the only ones now remaining to the masquerading crow then with a harsh car he flew away to his tree he is not a happy bird but since that time he has never been so mad as to think that clothes are the chief thing in the world End of section 10